0: was a dirty look. Shrinking glaciers, a nudge. Dying forests, they were a tap on the shoulder. We got a finger in our chest from the rising sea level and a sharp poke in the ribs from recent wildfires in Alaska. Then dying coral reefs and eroding coastlines pushed us hard. The drowned polar bears, that was a shove. Melting permafrost, that was a slap. Rising ocean temperatures and extreme weather, an uppercut. Then record-breaking heat waves hit us right where it hurts. Has it occurred to anyone that maybe the Earth is trying to get our attention? We can still reduce greenhouse gas pollution before it's too late. To find out how, go to fightglobalwarming.com. Brought to you by Environmental Defense, the Robertson Foundation, and the Ad Council.
1: You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. I'm Orda Energy Mon.
0: And this is Tree Song.
1: And we're here to bring you a half hour of Your Community Spirit, social and viro talk. So first, some happenings. Yes. Let's see.
0: You sent us happenings this time. So
1: yeah. This is good. If you want to send happenings, um, we actually do have a website, yourcommunityspirit.org, and our email is info at org, or...
0: You can also email it to me at treesong at treesong.org.
1: And if you want to make sure that um, it gets on the air, send it to both of us, because, well, sometimes one of us is here, and sometimes the other is here, and yeah. sometimes we're both here. Mm-hmm. A few happenings. Rosetta Stone Bookstore to move... Rosetta Stone Bookstore is moving across town to the Tropicana Vintage Clothing just off the town square in the parking lot, well, right around the corner from us.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) And um, basically, Tropicana Vintage Clothing and Rosetta Stone Bookstore are blending operations.
0: Yes, they are joining forces.
1: Rosetta and Tropicana will be combined in the same storefront. Tropicana will be reopening, and Jessica Broadshaw. Rosetta's owner will also manage Tropicana. Broadshaw says, I'm looking forward to the new location. I think it'll be a good move for Rosetta, and I'm glad that I can help keep Tropicana open. Plus, we'll be near Long Branch Coffee House, and nothing goes together better than, well, coffee and books. Rosetta will move in on June 1st, and Broadshaw accepts, expects to, to open the doors that day thanks to some helpful customers. She says, I started moving on Sunday, but realized I couldn't do it alone. I sent out an email to Rosetta's customer list, and thankfully, I've gotten some helping hands. This truly is a community bookstore. Rosetta's hours will remain the same at the new location. They're open 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Saturday.
0: Yeah, one thing I like about it is it's closer to my house now. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure other people will like that it's close to the Long Branch and such.
1: Yep, and well, I mean, after the show every week now, we can just go over and hang out in Rosetta, right? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if that would be productive. Yeah, well,
0: I know I'll be hanging out there a little more now that it's closer.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you can just walk there, so.
0: Yeah, and it'll be interesting having the the Tropicana clothing there at the same time.
1: Yeah, you can read while you're trying on interesting hats. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I definitely like going there to try on their different interesting hats. So...
0: So, let's see. In other happenings, this one was actually personally handed to me, so I want to go ahead and do this one. The Shawnee Audubon Society is having their annual meeting on Saturday, June 2nd, that's tomorrow, at the War Bluff Valley Sanctuary.
1: Hey, wait a second. It's June 1st.
0: Yes, today's June 1st.
1: Oh, wow. The start of a new month. We better watch it. <laughs> this year might be over before we know it.
0: Yeah, time flies when you're having fun.
1: Have we been, well, we've... I think we've been having fun. Pretty much. Have we been productive this year? Somewhat. <laughs> I think so. I know we've got for the first time. Well, not for the first time, but we actually got pledges for our radio show this yeah, year.
0: Yeah, we did. We got even more. Uh, you know, more than our personal goal.
1: Yeah. Uh, so. The station
0: made its goal as well.
1: I wonder if those people sent their money in though.
0: I wonder. I sent mine in a couple weeks ago, so hopefully other people are too.
1: Yeah. Well, I yeah, I sent my pledge in. I usually forget, and then I go to one of the DBX um, parties yeah. and find out they won't let me in for free or cheap because I forgot to send my pledge in. So I have to, like, give them the whole money <laughs> then.
0: Yeah, I have to cough it up on the spot. Right,
1: and so this time, for the first time, second time, <laughs> I actually paid ahead of time Yeah, because I forget a lot of times. So June 2nd.
0: June 2nd the annual meeting of the Shawnee Audubon Society. It's at the War Bluff Valley Sanctuary in beautiful Pope County.
1: Now, the Illinois Audubon Society is celebrating 110 years. Yes. (laughs) And actually, yesterday I was in Springfield, and I picked up their local paper, and on the front page was a picture of John Wallace, and it said, Wild Thing. (laughs) And the, the, the main article was about how The Illinois Audubon Society had just bought um, 56 acres, I think, in the middle of Lusk Creek National Wildlife Refuge.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: And it was a very, very good, detailed article. And so, um, hey, John Wallace, if you're listening, I've got a copy for you, Mr. Wild Thing.
0: Yes, Mr. Wild Thing. (laughs) He's actually (laughs) the one who handed me this announcement. And actually, you mentioned the 110-year anniversary of Illinois Audubon. Uh, In honor of that, they're having a special guest, Tom Clay, the Executive Director of the Illinois Audubon Society. So, the event has afternoon field trips and explorations of War Bluff Valley Sanctuary. There's a potluck dinner at 6 p.m. You can bring a dish to share. There's also elections and a very brief business meeting. Tom's presentation will follow the meeting, where you can learn the fascinating history of the Illinois Audubon Society. And you can also bring musical instruments or beverage and come prepared to relax around a campfire after the program. Uh, For more information, you can contact Karen at 618-457-6367. So exciting anniversary and annual meeting.
1: The Composters Launch have you, you've Have you been to what? one of the events that the composters have done
0: I haven't seen them yet they're my myspace friends now. They just added me, but uh, I haven't seen them in person <laughs>
1: i've actually I've seen uh two of their shows and they've actually done a little traveling and did a few shows. The composters launch Decompononics. i can't huh. pronounce it it's a blend of economics and composting or decomposting
0: yes <laughs>
1: deconstructing composting economics
0: yes <laughs>
1: deconponomics How much does this cost? What are we willing to pay? They're going to crunch pillage institute break down more or less contemplate our production and consumption habits locally and globally. I mean they talk about how you know to recycle the compost but a very interesting, thought-provoking but more important than that, Entertaining. <laughs> have you would you have thought recycling and composting could be entertaining?
0: Oh, I've known. I've always known, but <laughs> most people will be surprised at the adventures and excitement. <laughs>
1: um this is next Wednesday from six to eight PM. Admission is free. So whatever you don't spend on this, use it wisely in the fight to save the planet.
0: Yes. <laughs> That's what
1: they say. So um Next Wednesday, June 6th, 6 to 8 p.m., and I forgot to tell you where.
0: Oh, where is it happening?
1: You're going to have to call me. No, at the back room of Long Branch Coffee House at 100 East Jackson in Carbondale, Illinois. For more information, 618-529-4488.
0: I might actually make it this time. I've got Wednesdays off from work. It's hard for me to plan more than a day in advance, but we'll see how it goes.
1: Mm. So if you like your happenings to make it on your community spirit, please email me at info at spirit.org. And now the news. What do you think? The, is that a good like segue into the news?
0: That's a pretty good one. That's the exciting version. Like, you know, there's a few we could play that are like the dark, scary, oh no, global warming.
1: <laughs> yeah, we need to come up with a few different sound effects for the different yeah. news.
0: That one's more like, you know, amazing things are happening in the world.
1: He's having none of it. Exxon CEO Rex Tillerson commits to business as usual. It takes a brave man to stare down a pleading nun. But that's what Exxon CEO Rex Tillerson did. At a shareholder meeting in Dallas, Sister Pat Daly of New Jersey and others spoke in support of a resolution her order submitted, proposing that Exxon sets emissions reductions targets. No thanks, said Tillerson. Quote, I'm not going to put a banner up and I'm not going to adopt the slogan. A mere 31% of the 450 people present voted in favor. Resolutions suggesting that Exxon, which raked in a record $39.5 billion last year, invest in renewable energy fared worse, gen- garnering only 7% support. Actually, that's kind of cool that they actually had that on their business agenda, period.
0: Uh, at least they did vote on it. At yeah. they voted overwhelmingly against it. But
1: right. <laughs> quote, Tillerson said, quote, we're not in that business. We're in the business of oil and gas. While the hard-nosed CEO did acknowledge that Exxon needs to, quote, understand those issues better, he affected surprise at the opposition to his company's climate stance, including dozens of protesters outside the meeting. Quote, What I find perplexing is why people feel so threatened because we want to have a discussion about it. Straight to the source, the Washington Post, Houston Chronicle, the Kansas City Star, the 30th and 31st of May. Now, this is another reason why... I know – I'm going to state a personal opinion. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I do not buy from ExxonMobil because they still have not paid for the Exxon Valdez oil accident and their climate change policy. I do not buy from Shell Oil because basically pretty much all the oil companies are bad, but a few of them are better. Okay? And what is it? Um, BP's new slogan is – a little better gas station. <laughs> That's their actual slogan. It's like, um, so yeah, I buy from BP gas station because they actually invest more in renewable energy than any other, you know, oil company, energy company. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they 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 and in a way they are greenwashing, but not as much as Shell was doing. Shell a couple mm-hmm. years ago. Bought out a solar company and sh- sh- basically, I don't know, about after six months, sold it, but kept, s- kept advertising that they s- they were into renewable energy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. I really don't like Shell.
1: <laughs> so. I
0: still, I have a long memory for some of their bad business they did in Nigeria and elsewhere.
1: <laughs> but really, pretty much every oil company has I, done something. Yeah, I mean, BP, what they do now is they blame it on Amoco, but, you know, they essentially own Amoco.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: but what they've done is they've divided their company into BP Solar, BP Wind, BP Hydrogen, and BP Amoco. Hmm. So, BP Amoco, they can blame all the problems on what Amoco used to do. We don't do that stuff anymore. Yeah, it's, that was them. <laughs> yeah, it was Amoco. So. It's
0: like corporations are interesting that way, you know, they... They are treated as a person, legally, but then they get sort of multiple personalities. (laughs) Uh, Okay, (laughs) let's see. In other news, that's it. No more toothpaste for us. Growing palm oil plantations put orangutans in peril. Thank your lucky stars that you evolved, because it's not a great time to be an ape. In Indonesia and Malaysia, forests are being converted, lickety-split, into lucrative palm oil plantations, and orangutans who, who leave their rapidly diminishing habitat to sneak in for a palmy snack are often tortured or killed in the process. As if habitat dis- destruction, poaching, logging, and disease weren't enough, the biofuel boom could also help push apes over the edge. The United Nations has predicted that the 50,000 to 60,000 orangutans left in the wild could be extinct within the decade. Indonesia and Malaysia produce 83% of the world's palm oil, which is used not only in biofuels, but in toothpaste, soaps, and foods. Note to consumers, some companies uh, actively seek out sustainable palm oil. Uh, One glimmer of hope, Uganda's government recently scraped plans. Scraped. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) They scraped the plans.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was a Freudian (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, they scrapped the plans to convert thousands of acres of rainforest into a palm plantation, giving in to intense opposition to the project. Straight to the source, Planet Ark Reuters, 29th of May, 2007. I think people people start to understand conservation better when these uh, big creatures that we know from childhood that we've seen in zoos and such, when they're threatened to go extinct. Because I know, I remember seeing orangutans at the zoo. It's just strange to imagine a world that might exist without them.
1: Hmm. Alright. You should see them pop Hyper-milers squeeze every last drop out of their fuel economy. Your hybrid gets only 47 miles per gallon? Too bad for you, sucka! A small group's deeming themselves hyper-milers... Has adjusted their driving habits to use the teeniest amount of gas possible and boasts of achieving up to 112.2 miles per gallon. These badass fuel economizers have moved beyond everyday gas saving techniques like smooth acceleration and consistent speed. They overinflate their tires, coast out of parking lots without turning the car on, draft off of larger vehicles, and drive below the freeway speed limit. Way slower if no one's behind them. When I see someone roar past me, I think, they just used enough gas to last me a week, says hypermiler Lori With. So you want to be a hypermiler, you must learn to post and glide. Accelerate above the speed limit, then shut down the engine and glide down to a slower speed. Sure, it's dangerous and also illegal in many places, but when you're driving 35 miles per hour on the speedway, On the freeway, you've got to get your rush, somehow. (laughs) Straight to the source, msnbc.com, Associated Press, the 29th of May 2007.
0: (laughs) And in other news...
1: You know, if they got out and pushed...
0: (laughs) They could add to it.
1: You know, I always thought about that. You just shut the engine off when you're, you know, going down a hill. Actually, our family was in Mexico once, and... We're driving over the Sierra Madres and we get to the very top of the hill. And through the Sierra Madre, there's really not any gas stations. We actually filled up once mm-hmm. by this guy with a little shack and some barrels. And he, mm-hmm. like, he like filled up a can and then went and filled up our tank. Yeah. Like, I mean, he just knew that this is where people ran out of gas, I <laughs> guess. So we get up to the top of the mountain and we coast over the top. And literally, the whole time we're going up the hill, I don't know, going five to seven miles an hour. And actually, there were some people who walking up the hill and jumped on the side of the truck, you know. <laughs> you see those pictures in, like, Mexico. Yeah. They're like, you know, well, you're only going five to seven miles an hour. That's faster than we're walking. <laughs> so they get to the top of the hill, and there's a tourist spot on that side of the hill where there's this really four-lane highway coming up the side of the hill to that tourist spot from that side of the mountain. This side of the mountain it was a dirt road. <laughs> so we get to the top of the hill, and we start going down the hill, and we go like a mile, and we run out of gas. And Dad just shuts the engine off. We're out of gas. And he's like, let's see how far we can go. <laughs> Literally, 40 miles an hour, I don't know, something like 50 miles. Yeah, it was I just an ease decline. I mean, on this side of the mountain, it was a really steep road. and on the other side, it was this nice, gradual. And we coasted right into a gas station at the base of the mountain. <laughs>
0: That's probably why they put the gas station there.
1: You know, but I just, if I ever go back there, I'm going to do that again. I'm just going to shut it off. And for that, you know, 50 miles or 40 miles, it was like an hour. Yeah. I'm going to get, well, I was going to say zero miles to the gallon, but you get, I don't know, you get what's, I don't
0: know. Infinite maybe. Yeah,
1: infinite miles per gallon for that hour. Yeah. (laughs) So. Uh,
0: So let's see. In other news, let's see if I can do two accents here. I'll be back. (laughs) Eh? Schwarzenegger visits Canada to talk tough on emissions. It's hard to believe any country could be worse on climate than the U.S., but Canada seems to be making a run for it. This week, Friends of the Earth Canada and Sierra Legal filed a lawsuit in federal court alleging that their government is shirking its Kyoto Protocol pledge. Quote, this government is not free to cut and run from its international obligations, says FOE spokesperson Christine Elwell. Quote, you can't just do what you want. Conservative leaders, faced with the ugly fact that greenhouse gas emissions in 2005 were about 33% above where they should be under Kyoto, blame their liberal predecessors and maintain that they are pushing, quote, One of the world's toughest sets of regulated targets, for greenhouse gases. Uh, Know who could teach them a thing or two about tough targets? California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh look, he's on a three-day trade mission to Canada right now, spreading the emissions, cutting gospel to leaders, including Prime Minister...
1: Did it say spreading the emissions? Yes,
0: (laughs) spreading the emissions. (laughs) That just doesn't sound quite right, does it? But spreading the emissions, cutting gospel to leaders, including Prime Minister Stephen Harper. Ah, uh, what a total girl... Uh, who's a total girly man now? <laughs> Straight to the source. Uh, the Globe and Mail. 30th of May, 2007.
1: Well, we were talking about hyper and people who want to save gas. I threw in this 10 ways to save money at the pump. Well, I'm looking through this 10 ways, and it doesn't say don't buy it. That's the, the easiest... That's the secret
0: zeroth way. <laughs>
1: yeah. Worried about the high cost of gas... Well, you've got good reason. The Bush administration has warned that gasoline and other energy prices, which were already on the rise, are likely to remain high for several years. The president has even gone so far as to recommend that Americans attempt to conserve energy. Now the best way to avoid spending more on gas than you need to, keep these tips in mind. Drive smart. When you drive aggressively, you waste gas and put others at risk. Observe the speed limit, avoid rapid acceleration and braking, and maintain a constant speed on the road. I actually did this, like when I was coming back from Springfield. It took me about, normally I go about 10 miles above the speed limit. So I did that driving up there because I had to get there at a certain time. And as it was, I got there 20 minutes early. Coming back, it took me, well, 20 minutes longer.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: it took me about four hours instead of three and a half but I did the speed limit the whole way. I came back. I was relaxed. And for me, that's really unusual. I drive almost 30,000 miles a year. I drive a lot. And I'm always driving 10 miles over the speed limit. Um, part of it is I didn't have to stop for gas. Normally, in a, you know, in a four-hour trip, I have to stop for gas yeah. sometime in there. Um, I didn't have to stop for gas because... Well, I made it all the way and still have like a quarter tank in my car. Um, I got almost five miles to a gallon better in my car. And I came back and I, well, I was tired when I left, but I wasn't exhausted because you'll be surprised how much, but it wasn't as exciting, you know, sitting on the edge of your seat the whole time. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's the adrenaline rush. Yeah. It's <laughs> like the
1: whole time you're on adrenaline high because you're just going crazy.
0: Yeah, and that'll tie you out, so it saves personal energy,
1: too. Yeah, so... <laughs> All right. Keep your car in shape. That doesn't mean give it a workout. It just means a well-turned car burns less gasoline. So make sure you get your oil and air filters changed regularly. And more importantly, make sure your tires are properly inflated. Literally... What was it? If everybody had their tires properly inflated we would save two percent of the oh. oil we burn
0: yeah i learned that from riding my bicycle you know when you're actually you're the one doing the locomotion you can tell the difference
1: trees i'm doing locomotion <laughs> change your commute sitting in rush hour traffic burns gas and gets you nowhere if possible adjust your work schedule so you can avoid rush hour traffic i learned that this morning i like i needed to be in town at eight o'clock for a meeting and i waited till the last moment to leave and normally I don't come to town at to be at eight o'clock, but there's apparently a lot of people who come to town at eight o'clock.
0: Huh, yeah.
1: And so it became this pretty aggressive driving. If I had left ten minutes earlier, because I've been to um, have to be at an eight o'clock meeting, but I left to get there ten minutes late.
0: Yeah. Huh. And it
1: was a relaxed drive. I mean, those I ten just,
0: minutes can make the difference.
1: Yeah, it was just. Use public transportation. Look into the public transportation options in your area and use them as much as possible. The Jackson County Mass Transit District, let's see. I think their phone number is five four nine zero three zero four, or is it 0403? Hmm. I think it's 0304. And if you call them ahead of time, it's like half the cost. If you have them pick you up or drop you off a day, um, if you schedule it a day in advance, it's like half the cost. It used to be like $2. I'm sure the price has gone up a little bit. Try to combine errands. According to the Department of Energy, several short t- trips taken from a cold start can use as much gas as a longer, multi-purpose trip covering the same distance when the engine is warm. Now Carbondale is small enough. Go for a ride or walk. 7. Carpool Number 8. Pack Light For every 100 pounds you carry in your car, it reduces a car's typical fuel economy by 1% to 2%. So, I better go lose some weight. (laughs) There was actually a survey done by the University of Illinois, or a study, that said um, basically because we're fatter, it's offsetting what all our fuel economy. That's what's happened. It's like we have better... uh, um, Better fuel efficiency in cars, but we're fatter now, so it's offset it.
0: Yeah, and there's also people who use their cars or trucks for storage, you know, like they've got a bunch of books in there or a bunch of, you know, clothes or whatever.
1: Yep, clean out your car. It all adds up. Yep, so is there any other ones of these you want to read?
0: Well, I did verify that phone number. It is, for Carbondale residents, it's 549-0304 for Jackson County Mass Transit. If you're outside of Carbondale, you can call 866 884
1: Hey! That's the wonders of the internet. Yeah, that's right. Like, um, what other news should we talk about?
0: There's the one, climate one. I know we always talk about climate, but.
1: Uh, All right, hit it up real quick and then I'll okay. talk about the energy fair.
0: Yes, we've got frenzy in low places. U.S. continues to stonewall climate progress ahead of the G8 summit. In the diplomatic scramble leading up to next week's G8 summit, there are two sides the Bush administration, and the rest of the world. The burning issue, of course, is hey, climate we're, change. Hey,
1: we're, 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 are we leading? We're,
0: we're leading something. <laughs> I don't know which way we're leading, but it's us and the rest of the world.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. We're mavericks.
0: Yes. The burning issue is climate change. Following weeks of grumbling, leaked documents show that the U.S. Uh, red pens have slashed a draft from G8 chair uh, Germany, citing, quote, fundamental opposition to proposals that include cutting global greenhouse gas emissions by 50% below the 1990 levels in time for 2050, and proposals of increasing energy efficiency by 20% by 2020. German and U.S. envoys are meeting this week to work out an agreement, and Chancellor Angela Merkel plans to meet with President Bush just ahead of the summit to try to knock some sense into him. (laughs) US Representative Nancy Pelosi met with Merkel this week as part of a European tour, echoing the notion that climate solutions must be multilateral. Uh, straight to the source, our Reuters, 29th of May, 2007. So, surprise, surprise, Bush leading us astray from climate change issues. <laughs>
1: Well, I forgot to mention this happening, the Renewable Energy and Sustainable Living Fair, this is the largest one in the world, will be June 15th, 16th, and 17th in Custer, Wisconsin. I have the program guide here It's 64 pages with over 200 workshops and um, 250 exhibits and transportation options, and you get to see renewable energy in operation. If you want the information, the website is the org. If you would like a ride, please give me a call at 893-1717. That's only in two weeks, the biggest renewable energy fair in the world. Yes. So this has been another exciting and informative half hour of your community spirit. I like it when I learn something, too.
0: Yeah, I do, too. Both shows, I do learn at least one new thing.
1: We'll see you again next week. See you again on the radio.
0: Same bet time, same bet channel.